I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Hi, and welcome to the special edition of All Things Catholic. We are live at the Indianapolis Convention Center for the SEEK 2019 conference, where we've been gathering with over 17,000 young people, college students, parish and church leaders from around the world. And we've been blessed to have many wonderful speakers, like my guest today, Damon Owens. Damon, Damon has been the executive director for a number of years of the TOB Institute, and he's also led the TOB International Conference in yes. 2016 that I was blessed to be able to speak at. We and, were blessed. And he was, uh, he's also now the founder and executive director of Joy TOB, Joy to Be Ministries. And we just had him on last week to talk a little bit about his own testimony and encountering the church's teachings on marriage and sexuality. And today we're going to talk more about marriage itself. You know, I, I like to think about how the church's wisdom on marriage is so wonderful. And there's so much excitement and enthusiasm today about learning about marriage. So many of these young people here at this conference are, are so excited to go to. They've gone to so many workshops and talks about theology of the body, about love and responsibility, the church's vision for marriage and family and sexuality. But what they don't know about is the reality of marriage. What is marriage like day to day, which is different than when you read about it in an encyclical? <laughs> Indeed. And I want to just share with you, there's a great line here that you have on your website uh, that I just love. And I just shared it with my wife. And because we're talking about those realities of marriage, uh, I've brought Beth back on the podcast. She's a regular on the show, and, and, and many people always say that, like, the best podcast... I just had someone here yesterday say, Dr. Shreya, I love your podcast. I just, I just get so much out of it, but I hope you won't be offended. But I, I have to tell you, your best episodes are when your wife Beth is on the show. <laughs> so I, I'm bringing you on, not just for ratings, but I'm bringing you on because I know that uh, on this topic of the realities of marriage, we, this is something you think about, teach about, and we talk about a lot. Uh, so I thought it would be great to have you, honey. Thank you for being with us again. Yes, I'm always, always ready and able to keep it real keep when it, it real. comes to marriage. <laughs> there it is. Happy to be here. She can tell you what it's really like to be married to Dr. Edwards. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> there we go. But this is what Damon, listen to this, honey, that he has on his website. He says, marital joy can be experienced even amid sorrow. It involves accepting that marriage is an inevitable mixture of enjoyment and struggles, tensions and repose, pain and relief, satisfactions and longings, annoyances and pleasures, but always on the path of friendship which inspires married couples to care for one another. So, Damon, why do you have that on your website? What, what, what made you, of all the things you could have put up there, this is, when, when you explain what your ministry is about, this yeah. is like, I think, in the second paragraph. <laughs> so that, that must be pretty important to you. Tell me about that. Oh, it is. And Beth, just, you just said it. It's keeping it real. And I mentioned last week in the podcast and our story that, you know, when Melanie and I first met and we got involved in ministry and being called to ministry, I should say, it was not because of ideas and concepts and abstracts. All this stuff came later. It really provided uh, a language to understand to give us meaning to what we've already experienced. So I find and my first blush is whenever I get to the concepts, which I love, the theology, the philosophy, I love it. If anybody's heard my speak or, or follow me, but it has to be connected with real experiences. And in fact, I'd rather lead with that. And, and Paul VI said as well when he was talking about witnesses being teachers and real good teachers really being witnesses. People want to know, what does this matter to me? So when I heard that 
quote, I said, that's it. Because if I'm going to have a ministry on joy, which is authentic and real and of the Lord, it has to be directly connected with the real sorrows and the real disappointments and the real brokenness, the wounds, the fears, the doubts that every one of us deals with as soon as we wake up in the morning and before we go to bed at night. And by the way, that quote is that, that's on his website is taken from Pope Francis in The Joy of Love. So tell me, because you do so much ministry, you work with thousands of couples from around the world. What are, what are those daily struggles? What are the big struggles you're hearing about that's out there? Well, fortunately, the, I, I just look at my own house. <laughs> and I don't know if I project them out to the couples that I work with, but you know, Mel and I have eight children from 22 down to eight. Uh, two adopted. We've got like three different stages of kids in the house. The older ones who are thankfully walking around here at Seek. We've got the sort of the middle ones who are trying to figure out who they are, and then the young ones who kind of rip the house up. So um, in that, it's a reality of going to a Seek and giving a talk to, you know, 8,000 people and then literally going back and changing a diaper. Exactly. Right? I'm so with you. Thank you. Or just wondering, do I still have that throw up on my collar? <laughs> It's going to be a close-up, high-definition camera, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And there's things that, you know, I don't deal with the throw-ups now yet, but again, but there are things about that are happening right before I go on stage. There are things that happen right as soon as I leave. I've been on, I had four events last year, and there were four in a row, this is why I remember it, where we were having major family issues at home. And I mean, kids acting out and health issues with Melanie and, you know, chemotherapy. I mean, it was just, mm-hmm. this was not minor things where I literally would leave on a Friday, four trips in a row, and I knew that things were tense, things could happen, and then things would explode Saturday morning and a half an hour before my talk. It happened four times in a yeah. row last summer. Man. So the joy is not about the circumstances that bring us happiness or that bring us some effective sense of, of, of contentment, or, but joy is about knowing who you are that you're where you're supposed to be, that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, and that it's been anointed and directed by God. Joy is theological in the sense that it's the fruit of right order. It's the fruit of love. So joy in the midst of sorrow is not a contradiction even because, you know, our culture says so. It very much is the way of real life. Because in those moments of brokenness, whether, you know, in a different state, you wanted to be home in 10 minutes and it'll never happen, there was a sense that Melanie and I on the phone could handle and say, well, the Lord's going to work this. I don't know what's going on, but the Lord's going to work this. And there's a joy even in the midst of that fear. But can I just ask both of you here? I mean, <laughs> if you're a faithful Catholic, you follow the church's teachings, you know, you're an expert in TOB. I mean, you really have sorrow in your marriage? <laughs> I mean, you, you guys, I mean, you fight and there's tension and there's disappointment. There's, I mean, I thought if you, you just live it out, it's going to be great. We're going to you know, hold hands by a fire every night and sip good red wine and stare into each other's eyes. It's going to be so beautiful and romantic because we live theology of the body. You know, isn't, isn't that what's going to happen? Is that, that's what our marriage that's is like, honey, do, right? isn't it? I mean, it's just, I don't know what you're talking about. Kids acting up and really? I want to live in your house. <laughs> no. Well, unfortunately, the camera will see your, your tongue firmed, uh, firmly in your cheek as you say that. But yeah. no, I know what you're getting at. And, and Beth, you know this as well. Yeah, it's just, there's just so much to it that, that you don't even know until you're there. And, and I see a lot of women that get kind of freaked out. They get into marriage, and all of a sudden they're like, well, wait a second. I'm doing this the way God wants. We pray every day. We pray together. We're raising our kids the right way. We're open to life, and the list goes on and on. How come it's hard? 
You know what I mean? Or, or why are we struggling? Or what's the deal? You know, but we're all so limited within our vocations. And I think we have to turn that experience and that thought on our head because the vocation is to make us holy. It's not that it's going to bring us joy. It's not the icing on the cake. No, no, no. The vocation is where the rubber hits the road and where we got to ante up and get after it and figure it out. And, and that's the beauty of it, that God's with us in that, but he's the one that's keeping us real and keeping us grounded because he's showing us over and over and over that it's not about us and what we're bringing to the table. It's what we're allowing him to do, and he's going to show up in that. Yeah, the, the love of, of a husband and wife really is a major work in progress. It's not like, okay, the work in progress is engagement, marriage, prep, and right. then the wedding. You know, it's actually, no, that's just right. the starting point. That's why I always think, you know, it's marriage prep. If we just didn't do marriage prep at all, but we did guarantee, like, marriage ongoing formation, I, I would actually probably choose the latter. I could be wrong on that. Well, then you but, have the grace. Once you're married, you have marital grace to actually build and start strengthening those virtues. You know what I mean? Before you're engaged, engagement's so hard because one of the reasons, I think, is you don't have the grace to be married, but you're trying to work out marriage stuff. Well, just to get another bubble into that one, I think one of the challenges, though, that most people, most Catholics even, are not in this bubble of even understanding what marriage is. So there's True. a deficit. Yep. And, and marriage preparation plays that, that important role for many couples in hearing sadly, for the first time, what marriage is. Mm-hmm. And not as sort of a project, not as sort of the result of eight years of good dating or of, you know, the pressures of mom and dad or social pressure or whatever, the next step of maturity, that marriage really is part of a larger context. And that's what I want to get at. So when you, when you talk about that with these couples, the first faces that I see are these couples who, because of their affection, their love, their hope for one another, they're better together than we are apart, so we want to project this into the world. That happens with or without theology. That happens with or without an active Catholic faith. It's a human reality. So the context of that is providing what our faith speaks about in terms of why you're here. Who are you? What is it that God wants from you? And what does it God expect from you? And the huge, big block differences are not about the Ten Commandments or the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It's about you're a daughter of God. You're a son of God. You're not a slave, a servant. You're not getting the check boxes. You don't get graded on the curve. God's not trying to figure out where you fit into heaven between Hitler and Mother Teresa on that curve, right? <laughs> and you don't earn your way in heaven by learning all the theology and the philosophy and going to a TOB class. That's a whole nother bubble of people. There's another bubble that says, well, I'm a good person. I'm not bad. I've never hurt anybody. So why would God not bring me into heaven? So the theology and the lived experience are inseparable. The only mm-hmm. question is, who the person sitting in front of you? Who are you? And where is the fire in your life? And we're meant to put gasoline on that fire so that they can see it spread throughout the rest of their lives. It's a, it's a fracture. It's a disintegration that we're dealing with with hearts just like our own. So when we're evangelizing and meeting people, it's about finding okay, which one of these fractures, which one of these pieces in your heart is the most alive? And let's get that one living a little bit more, and it's going to draw into something else. And then they're going to say, well, what about this? What about that? Yes. Well, how come this happened? Why would God let this happen? What kind of God would... See the opening? That's, mm-hmm. a, that's not the challenge of a broken faith. That is the growing of a faith. That is a path to holiness because you're asking the right questions. Yeah, and that's, 
what the love of a husband and wife is, where God is molding us the most, right? That's where he's shaping us the most. If we're called to the vocation of marriage, that's the number one place you're going to grow in holiness. That's why it hurts so bad. Not in the chapel, not on your rosary walk. You need those things. I want to be very clear. You need the sacraments, you need the rosary, you need all that prayer. But the the, the area, if you want to measure, am I growing in holiness? Ask yourself, am I, if for the married person, am I growing in my love of my spouse? Are we growing in unity? Not just are we staying together and being very Catholic and we show up at church? You know, no, no, no. Are we, am I becoming more patient and becoming more generous and becoming more thoughtful? And the whole process is over and over. They've, they've been married 25 years. We're about to celebrate our 20th yes. anniversary this year. But 20 to 25 years into it, you, 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 it's like you keep realizing how, sh- how much you fall short yeah. and, and how self, selfish you are. You realize how proud you might be. Mm. You realize many of the hurts of, of our own past and our upbringings and our experiences and the patterns of behavior we bring in, realizing that's not what Christ wants. But, but it's right there, exactly. That's what I loved about your quote on the website, is it's precisely there that God wants to do his work. Yeah. And that would be my question to both of you then, is what, what advice would you have for young couples? There's some young couples standing outside listening right now, and there'll be many listening uh, on the podcast when this airs itself. But what advice would you give to young couples that when they come up against that wall in their marriage, they come up against either their own limitations or the frustrations and annoyances that you write about there or Pope Francis wrote about, what advice would you give them in those moments? I would just say that it's, it's a process. You know, you have your whole life to grow and to grow in love. And to think that, you know, there's some, I've heard it described as like an altar switch where you go up to the altar, you get married and boom, <laughs> your baggage is all taken away and you got the grace now. So you're ready to go live marriage perfectly. Or I'm going to live marriage perfectly. My, my spouse and I are going to do it so we can show our family. Maybe your family is away from the faith or you know, we're going to do it right. We're going to get it right for everybody else. Those kinds of things just kind of table because you don't know what's coming your way in marriage. You just don't know. You don't know, you know, maybe it's infertility. Maybe it's crazy fertility. Maybe it's a special needs child. You just don't know. And that's where it's so crucial to be turned to each other and turned united in prayer and really focusing on, Lord, what do you want for us? What do you want for our family? Not looking outward side to side at your neighbors, your best friends, the people on social media, but looking to each other, looking towards Jesus for your own path because that's where your sanctification is going to be. And it's not going to look like anybody else's. Can you learn from others? Absolutely. But to just rest in knowing that, I think if I had known that as a young bride, I would have given myself a little more slack. I think I would have been a little more patient with myself instead of trying to model myself and our family off of people we saw around us or good friends who were maybe a step or two ahead of us. I think I would have been like, okay, more confident in where we were at, where God was calling us then, instead of getting more stressed about, oh, I don't have it together like this person or that person, or why can't I just do this right? You know, instead of that, beating myself up about it. Um, that's one thing that came to mind with that. I do love that quote, though. The, yeah. the tension and repose is the part mm. that sticks out to me. Just, hi, is there ever tension in marriage? Yeah, hello, hello. <laughs> Only yeah. when you're awake. Yeah. But then just the rest, <laughs> just the rest in marriage, too, that there's security and there's that kind of, 
okay. Like even last night, Ted, when you came home, finally. Seek is crazy. I promise you, I don't see my husband for three days unless we have microphones in front of our face. <laughs> but last night, I did, we had maybe, you know, 10 minutes to chat before bed. And just he came in, and I was, I was kind of teary because I was just so overwhelmed by the conference. I was just grateful. And I was kind of hiding it from him. But emo- emotionally of, of, of joy. Yes, it was, it was joy. You it may not know, Beth joy. was a part of Focus from the very beginning. She's first female uh, Focus missionary. Uh, so she's been involved. She's been running at this over 20 years. So it tugged at your mother. Your mother yes, her. and just, just, I don't know. Every time I'm here, I promise you, it's like heaven to me. What I envision heaven's going to be like, seeing so many dear friends that I haven't seen in so long. I thought I maybe never would see again, even. And being able to just pass them in the hall and high five and how are you and Caitlin caught up. It's just so beautiful. And to see all these people here, to think 20 years ago it was 40 people in a very cold room, you know, (laughs) it just, and just to think of what God has done, that combined with our family and just everything that has been going on here. So anyway, Ted came in and, and I was like trying to kind of hide that I had been crying. He came in at the worst time. I was thinking, oh, I hope Ted doesn't come home. And <laughs> literally, <laughs> boom, he walks in the door. And he's like, have you been crying? And I'm like, no, I'm fine, fine. Totally <laughs> fine. And he's like, you look like you've been crying. <laughs> he's like, what is, is it this? Is it that? I'm like, if I told you, I would start crying more, and I don't want to do that. So, But it was, it, I, it was just thank you, Ted, for pushing me on it and getting me to open up because I think that's one thing in marriage you think oh they've been married 20 years they know everything about everything about the other person you don't oh, please you don't and that person you're married to is still growing and changing so there's always going to be new things to know and cherish and discover and put together and connect Amen. and yeah so so yeah the tension and the repose I feel like after we were able to talk about that I was able to rest in just yeah, I'm kind of a, a basket case, and that's okay. Wow. So. You know, what, what you're getting at it, too, is, and to your original question as well, is when I, I was blessed a few years ago with um, a, a secular book, I believe, and it was talking about the things that really are broken in, in most of our hearts today. And there was two questions that distilled out of it. And the question first is, uh, am I worthy to be loved? And it's, it's, whether psychological, emotional, theological, it's a question that, that every one of us, and we put two people together, preparing to live their life together, it's a question that really has to be asked and answered in a, in a big affirmative. And the other question is, are others willing and capable of fulfilling my needs? So those two fundamental questions to me still resonate when, whenever mm-hmm. I meet anyone, because that's what gets filtered in marriage, it's what gets filtered in friendships. It's what gets filtered in every relationship because you're looking to the other person, especially if one or both of those questions are no. Am I worthy to be loved? No, i got to keep doing this, and then people love me because I gave a good talk. Right. Or because, you know, I, I, I got a nice baby face and I can't get any wrinkles. Or, you know, I can't gain any weight because people love the way that my figure is. The list is endless. And then are others willing and capable of fulfilling my needs, particularly my need for love? So if the answer is no, then you're never going to rely on people. You're going to be the one that does it all on your own. If you, the answer is affirmative yes, then you're going to be completely dependent and easily. There's an ease to the way yes. that you relate to other people. Mm-hmm. So, so you think about it as a four-point quadrant, right, of yes or no. Am I worthy to be loved? Yes or no. Are others willing and capable of fulfilling my needs? Yes or no. And for me, the first years of marriage and the later years are this revelation of heart-to-heart of two people who've lived X number of years on their own now forming a new life, asking and answering the same questions, mm-hmm. which is why you can, you can argue about something and people watching you argue like, 
why are you guys fighting over that? What, right. what, 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 oh, I heard what she said. You didn't hear what she said. You know, <laughs> and it's we, just like last time. Exactly, exactly. You always, <laughs> right. you never. Right? Yeah, I never say that, not by the way. Exactly. Of course not. No, 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 and I always do. Right. <laughs> Apparently, Melanie, I'm just channeling her. Oh. Uh, so I think that's the heart of it. So the last part of that quote really was Francis talking about growing in friendship. And that, to me, is, the, is, the, is what helps couples, younger and older and forever, to recognize that this project you spoke about, Beth, is a project of friendship for a greater purpose. It's not just for the other. It's not just for us, but it's for God. Yes. And together, we're, we're in this project, this marriage project, that our hearts are so close, it takes very little in our tender hearts to bump against and cause great pain. And it talks, takes very little in our tender hearts to, to bump against each other and have delight so because we're so close, heart to heart, and the pledge and the sacrament and the graces, it's so easy to hurt and it's so easy to lift up. And yet the questions, the subtle answers, am I worthy to be loved or others worthy you know, fulfilling my needs? The first question now is to our beloved. And it's, it filters every argument. It filters every decision for pizza or beer. It, it's everything is metered through that. And I would talk to these couples and I would encourage them that that work, that homework of the heart, that homework of your heart, in your own and in your beloved, there is no greater project. And it's something you're learning your whole life. It, again, it's not like, oh, we finally arrived. We finally got there. <laughs> right. And I would just say, in our own marriage, honey, here we are live recording here. But would you say, I would say even in the last year, like there have been just so many things, moments of tension or hurt or disappointment or annoyances, and yet it's working through that, that there's come like some deeper understanding of each other deeper understanding where we're coming from. And then I've noticed, like, I, I want to, I don't want to say it that way because I, even though I, I might say it that way with someone else, I know more about her. And then same thing. She's learning things about me. And I, I can see over the last year, it's like we're really growing. That's growing in friendship. I just said to Beth just a couple days ago, just saying, you know, honey, I really feel like I'm falling in love with you all over again. Mm. It's, it's been a beautiful, but, but it comes with many tears and many challenges and, and crosses. And, and I want to just say that to just encourage many of the listeners out there, especially that uh, I know I have a lot of, married couples that listen to this podcast, that it, it's not something we should be discouraged by when we come up against those crosses in our marriage. Because people can say, oh, my marriage isn't like all my friends that I see on Facebook, <laughs> you know, and they're beautiful marriages and wonderful families. You know, that, that to know that every marriage has this challenge. And I know I've, I've asked Jason and Kristalina, I've asked uh, Matt and Cameron Fratt, I've asked... Scott and Kimberly Hahn and, it, and Curtis and Michael and Martin, and they all talk about like how hard marriage really is. Yeah, yeah. But it's right there in the hard that God can bring out something ever more beautiful. Uh, and so I think that's what, what, what that quote that, again, you have on yeah. your website gets at. I think, too, that when, the other thing about the questions is when you're working with so many people, you don't know whether they're comfortable and they need some affliction in order to wake mm -hmm. up the, into the real project, or whether people are really afflicted and they're really hurting and they need comfort. So the very same evangelical gospel that you would do in your ministry is different based on who's in front of you. Right. And this season, in this moment, this couple dealing with this struggle does not need to know about struggle in marriage. Right. Someone who's in a high season of, of, of uh, ease or comfort, uh, they don't need to, to hear about you know, how easy marriage is. Right. So there's, a, there's a, a community element. There's an essential uh, co-relation that we have, co-laboring, that we need each other with the ups and the downs and the building and the others. And uh, amen to your point about about growing and suffering, and um, you, you get to a certain point where you almost thank God afterwards 
right. you know, that you went through that, that, that desert and that pain and, and even have some residue from it because you realize, as you said, wow, I never knew that about you. There's an old joke that says, you know, in the beginning, you, you argue your spouses because you don't understand each other. Later on, you argue because you do understand each other, right? <laughs> so, so there's a whole lot of seasons between those two, so true. Those two markers, right? So true. In your ministry, Damon, is there a certain story from your marriage of, you know, those kinds of challenges that, that you often tell that's, you know, to give people encouragement as they're working through their own challenges where you've, you've found fruit at the end of the, the suffering? There is, and I... Um, for the good or the bad, and, and, and I, I told between TOB and TMI, you know, too much <laughs> I love that. It's, it's, it's always this tension between TOB and TMI, right? <laughs> but it's, things are very recent, and what's ever new and what's, what's happening in the moment really becomes the, the most authentic sharing. And, um, you know, Melanie and I are, even after 30 years knowing each other, 25 years of marriage, we are discovering more things about each other that we didn't even know about ourselves. And it's coming through, you know, difficult arguments and hurts and you know, the things that pop up at 30, well, 30 years ago you did, to, I'm like, what, what the, you know? <laughs> or I'm feeling these things like you always do. I mean, it goes both ways. So things that come to mind are, um, and, and, and I will share this, you know, in the last year, um, I, I've, I've, I deal with a lot of anxiety. My, my, my real curse is, is anxiety because I'm a planner, I'm a plotter, I can kind of see things. I feel like I see things like two steps, four steps before other people. I can predict. I'm like, I can see the world in a way that, that most people don't. And I can see, well, if this happens, then here's what's probably the next seven things are going to happen. It's, uh, I don't know if it's a temperament. Or, <laughs> my <laughs> wife's pointing at me. <laughs> yeah, you that, just that's why we're good buddies, too. Yeah. I know. I, you guys are like brothers or something. It's, it's exhausting. Okay? And it's exhausting watching. You've, you've already figured out the next ten things are going to happen. And then watching people like slowly go through the ten steps. And you're like, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. So, you know, those kind of... And I, I, I had to go, this is, again, uh, in terms of the suffering, the anxiety that that caused was causing a major rift in my marriage with Melanie, with my relationship with, Mar with Melanie, because it was just a frustration with ministry and with the kids and with work and with life and, you know, my own business. I mean, everything happening. And uh, I, I would, qu quick anger, quick anger, then move on to something else. And then I'm done. And it caused so much hurt with her. Finally, one of these times she said, she said, you need help. You need help. That's about a year ago. So I was like, what do you mean help? You need help because you get anger. So again, the risk of, of TMI here. So I call up my good friend, Dr. Greg Popchak, who's you know, I'm on his show every other, other week. And I was like, Greg, apparently I need help. <laughs> you know? I love so this. Is like, this on live radio you called him up? No, like, <laughs> I was about to, right? My segment was longer. I probably would have opened up with a caller. But I was trying to exchange my voice so I can call him up as right, a caller, right? right? <laughs> this is David from New Jersey. <laughs> But I said, I said, Greg, I'm not calling you as a friend. I'm not calling you as a colleague. I'm not calling you in ministry. I'm calling you as a client. And I've spent about, you know, four months with him working through. And my Lord, the assumptions, the things when I was four and five and six years old, nothing major trauma that would show up in a book, but this pile of family of origin assumptions about myself and my worthy to be loved. Are others willing and capable of fulfilling my needs? I mean, this stuff is real. This isn't ministry talk. And it was turning that homework of the heart, not just in the sacramental, but really in the, in the human sense. And I can't tell you the fruit, even as, as I'm doing this you know, heart surgery, of uh, in the last year between Melanie and I, there's been such a peace. There's been such a peace in passing through my expectations of her, my assumptions, her assumptions of me, uh, the ability to handle the anxiety or, or just being able to see it in its early stages and rebuke it. So... 
25 years of marriage, and we're having this kind of epiphany of, wow, I never thought I assumed, I thought the whole world thought that way. So this is a lifelong project, and I say praise the Lord. Awesome. That makes my heart so happy to hear that, especially after 25 years, you still were able to go and do it. Well, we were busy the first 24. Oh, I know. See, and that, that's, that's what I feel like is a lot, of, a lot of times people get married, and then, you know, maybe they're blessed with a child and a child and a child, and especially the moms, like, come up for air, and then they're back down again, you know? And it's, so those wounds of the heart, our childhood origin they pile on. issues, they do, and we just start really living out of them. Our identity is out of them. They dictate everything about us. And only when we're able to kind of take a step back and have time and God maybe has to break us down. Maybe it's our spouse whipping us into shape. Or for me, I had some serious health stuff after the last of my la- birth of my last child. Mm-hmm. And God just broke me down. But I had some good friends in place. I had Ted in place. And he was able to build me again. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like a whole new person. And that wouldn't have happened outside of the vocation of marriage. Just that support and that grace and that freedom to change, you know, and to really see the world around me in a whole new way. It, it's, it's amazing. And I love what you said, Damon, too, about um, when things come your way and you see the anxiety and you're able to rebuke it. That's one thing that, I, that has been revolutionary for me is whenever I feel that anxiety inside of my chest, whenever I'm feeling like, why? Well, mine's I, my neck. You got your what, chest, what, mine's a neck. Yeah, mine's right here, and <laughs> okay. it's green, and yeah. it's solid, and it's, you know what I mean? Whenever I feel that, I just... I have to take a step back. And before, I would just be, like, on autopilot, and I would just be blazing and taking it out on Ted and maybe the kids and, you know, whatever's in front mm-hmm. of me. But now I feel like through all this healing that God has done in me, I can take it a deep breath. I can breathe. I can process it with Jesus. And he'll show me, okay, you're reacting to something someone said because it reminds you of something that happened when you were a child. There it is. And how you felt when this, you know, when this situation would occur and so you're living out of that lie, and you made a vow to protect yourself, and that's just not reality. So step back. You're a child of God. You're Jesus' beloved one. This is how he sees you. Now go. And it just sets everything to right. Just that little self-awareness of something is happening in me. I need to pause with this. I need to take this. I need to let Jesus enter into it with me, and then we go. Well, my friends, mm. this I wish we mm. can continue this. You and I are going to go out to lunch here. You're welcome <laughs> to join us, honey. We can continue our conversation, yes. but we have to give up the podcast booth here in Indianapolis at the Convention Center at the SEEK 2019 conference where we are on location uh, recording this podcast. But before we go, Beth, could you tell, tell our listeners about your new website and a little bit of the ministry that you're doing? Yes, I um, just updated my website. It's borntodothis.org. Courage for the call to marriage and motherhood. So basically just to come alongside moms and and wives who are struggling or just realize they don't know what they're doing um, and just to know that they're not alone and that God has a way for them. Okay, borntodothis.org from St. Joan of Arc's wonderful quote. Exactly. How about you, Damon? Where can our listeners learn about your work? It's about joy, Uh, joy, joytob.org, joy to be a man, joy to be a woman, joy to be made in the image and likeness of God, and a son and daughter. So joytob.org. 
Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to this special edition of All Things Catholic. If you liked this interview, we've done, we started this year, 2019, with a couple of interviews here. That's something I'm moving toward more in this year. If you like this, please let me know that you enjoy the interview format, because I have a whole team of people I want to be working with over the course of this next year. You can reach out to me always on my website, edwardsri.com. You can also contact me through Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And please share this podcast with those that you think could be blessed by it. And if you get a chance, please write a review. We'd appreciate it. God bless you.